0: theory and true crime
1: coming to you live from the Mistopheles studios it's dark fringe radio All
0: I'm offering is the truth, nothing more. The disease, and I'm the cure. That
1: is power. all right everybody thanks for joining us on another episode of dark fringe radio i'm your host will martinez and i'm here with jay glose my co-host as always and welcome to 2024 jay how are you brother
2: i am wonderful how are yeah. you
1: good man i listen getting uh, this year started on a good foot uh we got a lot of um people uh requesting to be on the podcast which is really good um and um We have a very uh, interesting guest tonight that we're going to actually have an interview with. Yep, Mr. John Kerwin. He is the author of the Conspiracy Theorist Survival Guide, a guidebook for persecuted truthers. And um, it's basically a a book about how a person who believes in conspiracy theories, uh, you know, can really... Navigate life. Yeah, yeah, exactly, navigate life. And some of the people in your life may not, you know... um,
2: Navigate with
1: you. Navigate with you. That's a good way to put it, Jay. Uh, Or, um, like, uh, understand what you're talking about and maybe have a nefarious way of thinking about it and ultimately putting their relationship with you to uh, ultimatums. And, you know, it's how to, you know, basically deal with all that stuff. So uh, we're going to talk about that a little bit later here in the podcast. But first, Jay, I just wanted to remind everybody how. Can they listen to this wonderful podcast here, Jay, that we do every week for everybody? You can
2: catch us exclusively on Spreaker. You could also find us at other places you might find podcasts. You can definitely get all all of our content, which is the best of the best that ever was, there ever will be, that could ever do it. Uh Uh-oh. Darkfringerader.com.
1: There you go. There you go. I couldn't say it better myself, Jay. Thanks so much. And uh, yeah, that's exactly where you could find all our stuff. And also, if you could uh, check us out on YouTube and you can watch the actual episode and see our faces and see the people that we're actually interviewing, uh, of course, at Dark Fringe Radio on YouTube. So make sure you go there, you subscribe, and you like all our stuff. We really appreciate that. We would Appreciate the, you know, the the support when you guys do that. It just helps us out tremendously, so thank you. Um, Yeah, uh, Jay, so uh, we're going to get into it here uh, in a minute with uh, Mr. John Kerwin. And uh, again, Jay, I mean, this guy has paid uh, what they say is probably the most ultimate price when it comes to being a conspiracy theorist, and uh, we're going to get into all that here in a minute, uh, but uh, please uh, make sure you uh, don't go anywhere because we're going to get into our interview here with Mr. John Kerwin, the author of the Conspiracy Theorist Survival Guide, a guidebook for persecuted truthers, here in a minute. Thanks, everyone, for joining us uh, today at Dark Fringe Radio. Uh, today, uh, beyond the headlines and whispered speculations, uh, lies a realm of where uh, belief systems diverge, uh, and skepticism weaves a complex tapestry of alternative narratives. It's a space occupied by individuals who... Uh, by their very nature, question the status quo. They're called the conspiracy theorists. Uh, We confront the intriguing uh, intersection of personal uh, convictions and interpersonal relationships and how that all works. Uh, How do these individuals navigate the delicate balance between their unconventional beliefs and the bonds that they share with family and friends, or even worse, when they become ostracized by the same people that are closest to them? Um, In this exploration, we aim to unravel the threads that uh, tie the lives of conspiracy theorists to their closest connections, uh, shedding the light on challenges, tensions, and the unique dynamics that unfold within the sphere of personal relationships. Uh, Join us today uh, as we're embarking on a journey to understand the impact of the conspiratorial thinking um, on the familial and social landscapes these individuals inhabit. Uh, To help us along this journey, our guest today is Mr. John Kerwin, author of the book entitled The Conspiracy Theorist Survival Guide, John Kerwin has served in full and part-time ministry as a worship leader and a pastor and uh, was a day trader, Uh, but the results of his beliefs, uh, of course, uh, cost a heavy toll on his personal life, and now to help us, you know, guide us through the treacherous waters of being a conspiracy (laughs) theorist, let's give a big round of applause uh, for our guest, Mr. John Kerwin. John, thank you so much for coming on Dark Fringe Radio.
0: Yeah, it's great to be with you guys. It's a great intro.
1: Thank you. I and, appreciate uh, it. Looking
0: forward to a great conversation. Sounds like we're all on the same
1: page for sure. 100%. 100%. Read your book. Uh, you sent me a copy. I'm very appreciative of that. Um, and I was really able to, you know, dig deep into a lot of the concepts that you're talking about. And it's kind of funny, you know, um, I've been doing my podcast here for over seven years now. And, uh, you know, we talk about a lot of the same stuff that you, you mentioned in the book. And it's kind of funny. It's kind of like almost like opening back, uh, you know a scab in a way because you know i kind of went s- through some of the same things not exactly what you went through but some of the same things um that you went through as far as you know your relationships are concerned or relationships with people uh, that are close to you um let's talk about let's let's go back uh first before we get into all that to the genesis of what uh kind of got you down the conspiracy theorist uh rabbit hole as they say what uh what was the maybe the the incident or maybe a uh, subject matter that kind of got you into this whole thing.
0: Yep. Yep. It's a, it's a very common story uh, mm-hmm. for many of us. We're kind of sailing along doing life. Mm-hmm. We haven't really woken up yet. It's one terminology we use. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then <clears throat> somehow it just seems like God taps you on the shoulder and he says, Hey, did you notice that? <laughs> you know, whatever it is yeah. and for me, it was the uh, federal reserve wasn't federal.
1: Mm. Hmm. Yeah, and it's a very interesting topic
0: My Experience that I Went through after realizing that Is actually turns out to be very similar In that what I did then Once I realized that all of the Government officials knew it wasn't Federal, but that they were pretending It was mm-hmm. um, I realized, hey, all these Guys are lying, <laughs> and so then what I did was I said Well, if that's not true, what else Isn't true? Mm -hmm. And what I now believe is that that is the genesis of your journey. That's when you become born again, essentially. You become converted from what we call the unconvinced or normie, which is sort of a derogatory term, but they named themselves normie, (laughs) uh, to this other group, which is called the truther. Mm Mm-hmm. And the basically the definitions of the two categories, the normie or the unconvinced doesn't know and doesn't want to know. Mm. So they're they're in willful ignorance, they have shut off their brains, they don't look. Whereas the truther now is questioning officialdom, and they're saying, Well, that's not true. What else isn't true? When you start turning over rocks, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden you realize, oh, that's a lie, that's a lie, that's a lie. And and just like you said in your intro, what we're talking about today is not whether or not the moon landing was faked. Okay? <laughs> we're talking to the people that know it's faked. Right. But the people in your life don't know it's fake. And this has caused a great chasm to form between you and it becomes, uh, you know, very
1: difficult to sustain relationships. Oh, yeah, it does. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's put a strain on my relationship uh, when my mom was uh, around. And uh, just to give an example, we butted heads all the time when it came to this yeah. particular subject. Uh, she was a very devout um, uh, Jehovah's witness. And mm-hmm. so that that alone created such a divide, <laughs> uh, yeah. you know, coming from that, um, you know, belief system uh, versus to the things that I believe in, which is completely, you know, out there uh, as far as, you know, seeing what the truth is and really realizing, you know, uh, what's been put in place for us to kind of like live in this kind of bubble that they've put us in. And um, it's uh, interesting what you write about in your book, how when you become a truth, things change for you. The world is not the same again. Explain a little bit about that if you could. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Well, your paradigm
0: changes. All of your ideals change. And it's very rapid. It's like overnight. Mm -hmm. Um, well then your priorities change. So now you're on a new course. Uh, Mm -hmm. I liken it to someone that was living on a cruise ship and then they shift over to a battleship Mm -hmm. because a lot of the things that we discover are bad news. They're life threatening. You Mm -hmm. find out that the world is run by psycho mobsters Mm -hmm. that are Luciferian too. They're really evil. And, uh, You know, if the Georgia guidestones is any indication of what they want to do to you, (laughs) it's not good. And so you're alarmed, you know, and this is a very common and normal response, truther. Congratulations, Mm -hmm. you're right and they're wrong. Mm -hmm. And your response is correct. You're not obsessed. If you're in a burning building, you're supposed to be obsessed. Mm -hmm. They're apathetic, they Mm -hmm. are like the British guards. When you go over there to Britain, and then you go up to the garden, and you go, "Hey, woo!" and you try to get them to look, and they won't look at you. Mm-hmm. That's what Normies are like, and it's extremely frustrating.
1: No, it is. It is, and it, it's. Uh, it becomes. It, it creates a dichotomy uh, in you know uh, you know the relationships that you have. Like you've mentioned many times in your book, um, you know, uh, it's it's it becomes very stressful. As you mentioned, and there's a lot of things that go along with it. Um, going back to something that you said earlier, um, you talked about the moon landing. I know we're not here to uh, initiate the uninitiated, as they say, but give me some of your thoughts about the moon landing and why you think it. Uh, why you've come up to your personal conclusion? I mean, I have my conclusion. We did a whole podcast on it. Matter of fact, me and my co-host um, are completely different sides on on that particular uh, discussion because I'm a, a you know, I believe that we've never been there. I don't think we can get past the Van Allen radiation belt, or mm-hmm. even past the dome, as they say. But yeah uh, you know, what what is your what is your you know points of contention when it comes to that particular uh, you know as they say theory? Okay, well that was I think my second rabbit hole.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm I have a new concept I'm I'm developing now. It's called your rabbit hole your rabbit hole portfolio. <laughs> like How many that. rabbit holes are you down at this yeah. point? Once you reach about 10 rabbit holes, you're pretty much useless to any normies mm-hmm. in your life. Mm-hmm. You, no, that's you're true. so you become such a freakazoid that they can't take you anymore. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I I think you know what happens is once you see, then you see. Mm-hmm. So a filter comes off. A great way to understand it is if you've ever decided, let's say you're gonna buy a Honda Accord. And then all of a sudden, everywhere you drive around, you start noticing Honda Accords. Well, that's the reticular activation center of your brain. It filters out anything that's inconsistent with your paradigm. But once your paradigm changes, you start to see more. And it's really magical. So um, here I come. I'm now sort of asking questions. I'm I'm questioning officialdom. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm saying, I don't. You know, if, that, if they lied over here, maybe they're lying over here. So now my mind is open, and I go and I start to look at the, the videos on, uh, you know, the moon landing is fake, and it took about five minutes.
1: Yeah, it wasn't long, right? <laughs> I mean, I'm like, how did we yeah. never
0: see this before? Mm-hmm. So one of the most really bizarre things is the lesser magic and the ability of the elite to get us to shut our brains off.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Because the the matrix it, it has a physical construct to it. Mm-hmm. You know, we live in this corporal realm, but mm-hmm. it is definitely a metaphysical thing. Oh, yeah. It, it's like a bewitchment. Mm-hmm. And it's only by the grace of God that he taps you on the shoulder and and just points it out. It's up to you then to stand in integrity. When you get bad news, you know, if integrity dictates how you're going to respond to it. So a lot of people don't want their happy life messed up. So when they see the same evidence that you and I see, they shut their brains off because it's too painful
1: and they go back to loving the world, basically. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's kind of like that ignorance is bliss kind of thing, like in the matrix where where the guy meets up with the agent. He's like, you know what? Ignorance is bliss. I'd rather stay in the matrix and just, you know, believe whatever it is, you know, believe this pie in the sky kind of thing. And I can see what you're talking about. I mean, it's amazing that, you know, that people, uh, you know, stick to their to their roots that way. Um, What do you say to those normies that, you know, and I I already know the answer to this this question, but I wanted to get your opinion on it. But what do you say to the normies that come to you and say, and they've said it to me? Well, how do you know better than an astrophysicist or how do you know better than a scientist or how do you know better than those guys at CERN or how do you know better than uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson? What do you say to those people? I actually have a a subchapter in
0: my book called Mm -hmm. I Know More Than All the Astrophysicists.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, Well, Tesla, I can't quote it. Maybe I can pull it up real quick. Basically, Tesla, who was probably one of the smartest guys that ever lived, is said that scientists have exchanged truth for endless equations and they wander off into... Things that have nothing to do with reality. That's basically what he said. Mm-hmm. So what happens is you get these appeals to authority where scientism is either complete conjecture or prepackaged bold-face lies. Right. The structure is lying to us. That's the first my my first response. Mm-hmm. So um, what you have to um, what you have to realize is that the got what I was gonna say. No How do That's you what... know more than astrophysicists? Okay, so right. an astrophysicist is is in a bad situation, he's got a mortgage and a and a car payment and a lifestyle, and he knows that if he sees the flat earth proofs, because there's many PhDs and astrophysicists that have come out for flat earth, for instance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they went to debunk it. And the more they looked, they couldn't find any curve anywhere they looked. And so what happens is it costs them their job. They were, they were unfunded. Uh, They lost tenure. They got fired. You get ostracized. It's hell on earth. Same thing with pilots. Pilots will admit secretly that the earth is flat, but they won't tell you publicly because they'll lose their pilot license. Same with doctors. Doctors will lose their license. So, so that's f- part of it, but there are many within the system that have actually drank the Kool Aid, mm-hmm.
2: mm-hmm.
0: and and so that has to do with your paradigm as well. Because if you don't want something to be true, you can convince yourself of just about anything. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm unbiased. I don't have all. I want is the truth. I listen to the round Earth people. Their arguments are very. Uh, unconvincing and yeah.
1: and it happens. i don't want to be i don't want to be conspiratorial or anything but no but listen it's happening man it happens i mean they're listening they're constantly listening i mean give. i'll give you a good example uh you know i was talking with a co-worker of mine the other day we were talking about what was it something completely off the wall i mean Something that I would never research or search up in, in my entire life, and next day I know in my cell phone it's popping up everywhere as ads. I mean, yes. it's 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 wild. Have you have you experienced that?
0: Oh yeah, the ads, the, your phone's listening to you, and then it oh, throws yeah. you ads that yep. uh,
1: are what you were talking about. Exactly, so crazy. But you know, going back to what we were talking about, you know, uh, you know, talking about how people say that. You know, how could we know more than, you know, these scientists and, you know, you, you, you've you hit the nail on the head. And another example of that that I've seen lately is the, you know, the narrative of our history. You know what I mean? Um I, I'm i a big follower of Graham Hancock and how he talks about, you know, civilizations that basically have been covered up and, you know, how they keep pushing back the, the timeline of history. And, nope. uh, you know, nobody really has a grasp of what really when things happen. So, and to me, it just seems like, how can you believe, you know, what was told to us, you know, after discovering all these things now? But, you know, going back to your book... Um, Wait, before you jump, before you go yeah. further, I want to make one other response to this,
0: because this is Please. an important question. Yeah. That is, that's a very common question. And it's a, actually, a, it's a attack vector. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what they're saying is, this is an appeal to authority. How can you know more than the astrophysicist? Who are you, you little peon? How dare you try to wade into such a topic? None of, You're not reputable. Okay, now, none of those things are proof. That's an a priori argument. That's a presupposition that because there's people with degrees, that what I'm saying isn't valid. But that's not proof. What's proof is that you can see a lighthouse from 50 miles away. Or you can go anywhere on the Earth and you can see 50 miles or 100 miles, anywhere. Well, if if what NASA is telling us is true, then that shouldn't be possible. That's proof. So once the astrophysicist tells me how that can happen, then I can come back over to his side. But until he does, I'm a flat earther. I'm sorry. That offends people. But the reason it offends people is simply because of pride, because what you believe is if the worth earth is really flat, then you'd have to be stupid to, be, to have them <laughs> tricked you into that. So I'm sorry, right. you know, yeah. have one good despair and get it over with like the rest of us.
1: Cause the earth yeah. is flat. It, it is. flat. Is. Yeah. It's interesting. You know, it, it's interesting how that particular theory came out. What probably seven years ago, maybe 10 years ago and yeah. really made a splash. And, you know, it really changed a lot of people and maybe it was the catalyst for them becoming from a normie to a conspiracy theorist, but that process, you know, becoming a truther, um, there's a thing in your book that you talk about, there's a a particular subject about consciousness and how that plays integral part in the process of becoming a truther. Um, Mm. Expound on that if you could a little bit.
0: Of course. Well, what happens is we all have a conscience, right? Mm -hmm. It's the devil on one shoulder and the angel on the other. Don't do it, Will. Go ahead, do it, Will. You should should do it, right? (laughs) So that's innate. It's it's built into us from God. It's it's the knowledge between right and wrong. So now you you're bouncing along, you're doing life, and all of a sudden, and we'll use the moon landing as an archetype for any conspiracy. It could be the government, it could be, you know, the underground bases, chemtrails, whatever, whatever the thing is. Okay. So you you realize that the the shot that all of these proofs are are The the picture of the earth from space is not a picture of the earth from space. It's 12 (laughs) strips of data. It's a cartoon. They've been lying to you. Then you see, they gave a moon rock to the um, museum and it was actually petrified wood. They're (laughs) lying to you. Piltdown Man was a lie. That was a pig's nose and a jaw of a man. So these are proofs that they have a pattern of lying. So what does that mean? Well, that means they're liars. And that's wrong. Okay? but that's as far as the conscience goes. It's mm-hmm. you're vexed by that. But now integrity steps onto the stage, and you're forced to choose how you're going to respond to that. Mm-hmm. So, um, what what integrity is is basically morals that you have of, that you pre-established in advance that you're going to live by. Like the Ten Commandments are example of morals. Mm-hmm. And they're typically tied to God. Um, and so what, what you say is, well, if they're lying, then integrity demands that I no longer clap for NASA like a trained SEAL at the next family gathering. Well, that's going to bring a hellstorm down on you. <laughs> and this is where integrity steps in. Integrity says, not on my watch. I don't care. I don't care what the consequences are. I have integrity. Mm-hmm. that's the key
1: that's the key
0: between y- you truther and the people at your family gathering who are snarky cynical and attacking you because they have a death to truth algorithm that they're running they're not just
1: disagreeing with you they're trying to shut you down baby oh yeah oh yeah what's oh, the yeah. what's the common denominator as far as uh what they call you as soon as that you know they run out of uh they run out of run out of uh you know things to deliberate i mean what's what do, they, what do they say at the end of the day? Which, obviously, once they call you this, there's nothing really much else you could really argue about. But what's the common denominator? I already know what it is, but please tell, tell Oh, the Well, there's a broad range of terms. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, of course,
0: conspiracy theorist is right. the most ingenious and effective mind control term ever created. It is, oh, my mm-hmm. gosh. It's 1967 Bulletin mm-hmm. uh, put out talking points For journalists to repeat, to try to quell the people that were questioning the um, Kennedy assassination. Right. And uh, one of the talking points was, tell them that they're insecure and they gravitate towards these things because it makes them feel significant. How many times have people ever said that to you, Will? plenty of times. <laughs> yeah, and so those people when they said that, they didn't realize that they were just regurgitating a talking point that right. was written by some
1: analyst in a basement in Langley
0: 50 years ago. Yeah. They thought yeah. that was their own original idea.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's and they always call you crazy. You know that yeah. they always divert to that. You know, at the yes. end of the day, you know, once they run out of uh, you know, talking points, the last thing they always jump on is, "Oh, you know, you're the crazy one, you know, to believe in all these things. But, um, you know, again, I want to talk about your book, uh, The Conspiracy Theorist, The Survival Guide. And, of course, um, your website um, is actually uh, something that's pretty spectacular, by the way. Uh, else.com I implore everybody that's listening to the podcast today to go check that out. Um, but this whole thing, this whole belief system that... You've adopted. I've adopted personally uh, a long time ago. Um, it's cost you a lot in your personal life. Let's talk about that if you could, if you don't mind um, a little bit. And um, explain to me what what happened and, you know, um, what was your response to it? And how, how did you uh, kind of like weigh the waters of that?
2: Mm.
0: Yeah, I have. Uh, had a beautiful wife who I love to this moment, and I would go back to. She asked me to leave after 24 years of marriage. Unbelievable. And Unbelievable. about, I don't know, six months ago, I guess, we've been divorced now for two years, maybe a little longer. I said, uh, honey, this is madness. I don't want to grow old without you. I love you. And she said, I don't want to be married to you. We're in two different worlds. And I said, well, if you found out that my world is true, would you apologize? And she said, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, I I understand the concepts of tact and diplomacy and age appropriate and not ramming things down people's throats. And, uh, you know, not, I don't, I don't advocate that anybody sacrifice their marriage or their friendships or their relationships with their kids on the altar of truth. However, Depending on who you are in the mix, like if you're the husband and the father and you are being emasculated and you're being given ultimatums of either shut up or else, if you talk about crazy things, I can't have a relationship with you, Mm -hmm. is what I was told. I said, okay. So, you know, we go down a rabbit hole, you know, and we get this urgency, but they're not going along for the ride. I get it. It's a tough place to be. However, for two years, I didn't say anything. I was what I call happy dad. And I just went to the dinner table and I would just sit there and eat and just nod and talk about hair and nails and thing, you know, Everything play dates stuff. and movies. Yeah. And uh, it's intolerable, you know, being a truther around normies because they just talk about nothing endlessly. And you're just so frustrated by it. Mm-hmm.
2: Um,
0: but, you know, I want them in my life. So I I give them what they demand, which is to observe this boundary where you you never challenge any of their views. And you essentially remain silent for the rest of your life. So you, you are forced to pretend that you're deceived like they are by being silent. And it's under threat. So that's the scarlet letter that was given in the Puritan days when someone was caught in adultery. They'd be publicly flogged and then they'd have to wear the red scarlet letter, which meant if you get caught doing it again, we'll flog you again. Right. And then the tinfoil hat is for shaming you because now, you know, they have the whole power structure behind them. So they're mm-hmm. emboldened. You know, you're at the family gathering. And it's just you, you know, this just little old crazy you with all your crazy and all of the people on CNN disagree with you, Sally, what are you talking about? You know, it's a tough place to be.
1: It is. Oh, I've been there. Trust me. I've been at those, uh, those family (laughs) dinners where like, and then, you know, they're talking about, uh, you know, a a Stanley, uh, you know, cup holder. And I'm like, this is just, you know, another example of another psyop. I mean, yeah. And, and it's hard, it's hard for people to really, you know, understand where you're coming from because, and especially if you've been down the rabbit hole for so long, that's a whole mm-hmm. other aspect. If you've been in that, in that position for a long time and then you, you, you know, you get around normies, as you say, and next thing you know, uh, you know, they're looking at you with crossed eyes and you're looking at you like you're an alien. Um, Another thing that I wanted to talk to you about in your book and I, I found very interesting is some of the things that, you uh, you know, you, you point out as to what can help us, you know, a conspiracy theorist kind of wade through the waters, um, you know, and help them, you know, kind of not sacrifice the things that you've had to sacrifice and kind of maybe, uh, you know, understand what you're going through. Because a lot of people, once, once they become a truther, they really don't understand what that is. There's no... There's no religion uh, truther.com, you know, or the Church of Truthers Christ or something like. You know, it doesn't exist. There is. It's called Wake Up or Else on YouTube. Wake Up or Else. (laughs) There you (laughs) go. What we do, (laughs) but in a traditional sense, like I'm saying, you know, in a a, you know, in a macro type of uh, way, there isn't anything like that. But you know, thank God there is. You know, avenues like yours and our podcast and things like that and others that you know help people. But what you know, what do you think that it takes? for the uninitiated that are in relationships with the truth to help them kind of cross that bridge, or maybe not so much, you know, try to convince them right away, but what helps them cross that bridge? What do you think?
0: Okay. This is such an incredible question because I'm just finishing my next talk and mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm going to title it, but it's basically like, help. I'm now down <laughs> over 10 rabbit holes <laughs> and I've passed the point of no return with my Normie family.
1: Right. Yeah. Okay.
0: So what I found this is my this is my uh, rabbit hole portfolio concept. Okay. So there's a direct correlation between how many rabbit holes you're down mm-hmm. and how intolerable it is to be get along with your. Okay. So in other words, if someone's only down a few rabbit holes, their narrative is going to be much more leaning towards. Well, you can't push things down people's throats. They're going along to get along. But once you find out that you are in imminent peril of losing your life, and we've been vindicated with the health emergency thing, are we on YouTube or anything with this? Yeah, that's okay. They let it okay. fly. Yeah. So, so we we were vindicated in that the power structure does want you dead. Mm. They they've implemented a eugenics program. And it, you're the target, and they're coming after you 16 different ways now. Okay, so that's, that's what we know. So what happens is, the more you know that, the less tolerant you become, basically, to just continue to be silent. Yeah. And you basically like end up saying, you people are nuts, and you're going to get us all killed. <laughs> and you need to either cut bait or fish. Right. Now, that's... Fine if it's lifelong friends or people at work or people in your church family or wherever, but when it's your spouse and your children, you're bound to them by blood and all kinds of horrible emotional trauma that is going to happen if you cut ties with them. So you can't. Mm -hmm. But yet... You are thrust into a dynamic with them that is intenuable. My answer to your question is that it's an irreconcilable difference. Because Mm -hmm. what I found is because I'm a content creator, I've interacted with tens of thousands of people over the last seven years. And I probably have interacted directly with about 200 that have been divorced by their spouses Mm -hmm. over these things. Mm -hmm. Almost never the other way around. Truthers don't divorce their family members or give them ultimatums,
1: right? Right. We don't say,
0: hey, if you don't talk to me about these things I've discovered, I can't have a relationship with you. We don't say that.
1: No, no, no. Because that just doesn't make sense to do that. I mean, and we understand that. And again, you know, living in that construct of being a normie, it's so, like you said, it's irreconcilable because there's really no way you could break that, break that spell uh, and, and, and that's been, you know, like you said, almost like a bewitching, you know what I mean? Yes. It, it, so all it,
0: you're, all you're left with is what I call, uh, slinking around, begging for crumbs of respect. Mm-mm. That's all you're left with. Cause uh, you know, I, I was just emasculated. I, mm-hmm. I became a pariah in my own home cause you're labeled as crazy. I literally right. had an intervention. I came home one night and my wife is in the sunroom with the pastor, assistant pastor and the deacon. Mm. And they're having an intervention. My wife's saying, you need to take medication. Well, And that's broadcasted to the the kids. So dad's gone nuts. Well, there it goes, trust. If you look up the definition of trust, it means the belief that someone has integrity and is trust and is, you know, honorable. So you're slimed, you're dishonored, you're diminished, and you're put into the corner with a dunce cap. And you can't function. And and so then all, all you're allowed to do is like live out of this little two percent of you. Like what I noticed is the last seven years, one of my kids one time has asked me, How you doing, Dad? Hmm. They no longer ask me how I'm doing because they don't want to open the door they for want me to, to start saying something crazy. <laughs> so how do you have a relationship? It's right. a relationship-ending mandate. Don't talk about what is important to you? Don't talk to me about you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. End of relationship. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All you do is float around the edges and fun, fun seasons in the sun, and then
1: and that, and then that's it. Mm-hmm. There is no relationship. It's on them. It is. It is. Um, what do you say to um, what's going on right now in the political world when they use the word woke? Wokeness. Um, this is something that's become demonized as well, being woke and 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 um, you know been put out there. Um, what do you, what's your opinion on something like that? Because again, it kind of speaks to the whole uh, concept of the the conspiracy theorist title. You know, is this something now that they're trying to use to as a leverage tool to gain more control over you? Uh, what's 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 your opinion on this?
2: Well,
0: yeah, it's 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 a religion. It's um. Uh, institutional racism you know i'm against racism but wokeism is trying to get me to bow my knee to this um politically correct uh where i participate in your subjective view of reality right so you're a you're a man but you're identifying as a woman okay go ahead identify as a light bulb no, no, you have to acknowledge that I'm a female. Well, that's my boundary crossed now. Right. So wokeism is is a uh an attempt to strong arm you into being, you know, participating in their madness. Mm-hmm. It's not, you know, um me, you know, being racist. Mm-hmm. To me, the most racist people are the ones that are talking about racism all the
1: time. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's so true. It is so true. And you know what? Uh, it's it's funny how you know um, once uh, somebody becomes a truther, and um, their their circle gets a lot smaller, mm-hmm. and you become, as we've talked about, ostracized. Uh, you've you you know you're ridiculed on social media. You know, as being a content creator myself, you know, I post things that are controversial or outside the normal thinking or alternative view. And first thing that I'm called is crazy. Yeah. Of course, that's the number one, crazy. Tinfoil hat, that's another one, of course. Um, you know, the list goes on and on, but continue to be ridiculed online just because I'm pointing out an alternative view on something that goes against the norm. And when something goes against the norm, it's very hard for the normies to kind of, wrap their heads around that let's go back and talk about what can we do as conspiracy theorists what what are some tips that you can give us that can can guide us? you know help us you know uh not you know fall into any some of these you know pitfalls and help us guide us going through you know uh you know, through life and 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 trying to you know secure our relationships with the people that we love
0: yeah, that's a great question. Um, first of all, just the validation mm-hmm. um is important for your sanity. Like when I found out that my experience wasn't me mm-hmm. so much as because it's it's essentially a universal response that we all have. I mean, I get posts almost every day. Yeah, John, my my kids don't talk to me either. Think about that. Yeah, your yeah. children don't talk to you anymore. Well, you must be, you know, it's really you. No, no. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've got issues just like anybody else, but I didn't leave. I was asked to leave. I didn't break up my family. Mm -hmm. I didn't Mm -hmm. put ultimatums on my kids. Right. So, um, however, like I said, the last two years I was in the house, I was silent. Uh, But what would happen was I would be watching TV with them, watching a movie or whatever. And the term "conspiracy theorist" would be invoked on the t v mm. and everybody would kind of look at me and snicker. Well, mm. I realized this is not cool i mean i'm I'm trying to observe your boundary I'm not bringing this up and so uh, what I came up with is this, and a lot of people told me this has really helped them. I came up with this if you invoke. If you're in my presence and you invoke the term conspiracy theorist, crazy, kook, fringe, ridiculous, nonsense, any of those, like, snarky types of concepts, I hold up my finger and I say, excuse me, I may be mistaken, but I'm not crazy. And Mm -hmm. I'd appreciate it if you didn't use that terminology in my presence because it's very insulting. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: That's my boundary. Right, right. Okay, here's another one. I was told... Dad, if you talk about crazy things, I can't have a relationship with you. All right, now, the problem with that relationship-ending mandate is what what do you consider crazy? Mm -hmm. So I ended up making a list. It's in my book. Mm -hmm. It's three pages long in a Word document of what I think you would consider crazy if you knew what I believed about it simulated sun, chemtrails, underground bases, Luciferian elite running the world, South Pole treaty, (laughs) I mean just on and on and on, right? So that means we can't talk about Trump, we can't talk about taxes, we can't talk about gravity, we can't, all the science stuff, politics, military, all geopolitical, Mm -hmm. it's three, basically it's everything.
1: Mm.
0: Now, what I tried to do is give one of my kids the list and said, look, I'm I'm trying to comply with your uh, issue, your, your boundary, but you know, here's what's happening. And this just happened about a month ago. Oh, okay. I'm told don't talk about things that are negative or controversial. And then I'm sitting there with one of them and they start bringing up a school shooting where a trans person shot up a Christian school. We know that was false flagged. The the video was obvious that it was fake. There was all these anomalies. So what does that mean? So you're being told basically this. Don't talk about school shootings, and then you're brought into a conversation about school shootings. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So how are you supposed to handle that? Right. Okay, because... What I, I'm willing to do is I will, I'm willing to not bring up school shootings. What I'm not willing to do is if you bring it up, I'm not willing to mouth and parrot the words that I think you want to hear. Like, I'm not going to boldface lie and clap for NASA or whatever it is. So another ma- boundary that I've now established with my kids is this. I'm not, I'm not going to try to convince you of anything. I'm not your savior. I'm not your mentor unless you you know, start asking me questions and apologize, first you have to apologize to me for the disrespect that I've been dragged through. And then you have to start asking me intelligent questions. Then I can help you, okay? But aside from that, I've turned you over to the care of God. Okay, so I'm not going to talk to you about anything except happy things. However, if you bring it up, you're going to hear what I have to say. So I got to walk on eggshells around you. Now you got to walk on eggshells around me. Now, Mm -hmm. here's my last point. If that offer is unacceptable to you, now this is what I told my children. I accept your terms, which means we won't have a relationship. Right. Yeah. Because that's what you told me. You Mm -hmm. told me if you talk about crazy things, I can't have a relationship with you. My response is, okay, we won't have a relationship.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's where you have to kind of cut it at the end of the day. You know what I mean? It, it, there's, there's a line in the sand and I get it. I totally understand where you're, you're coming from. Let's talk about, uh, uh, you know, uh, something that you just touched on there for a second, the concept of false flag. Um, mm. <laughs> this yeah. is something that, this is something that does not, uh, wrap around the mind of a normie. Um, Let's talk about what a false flag is. You know, I know what it is, you know what it is, but let's talk to the listeners and kind of, you know, enlighten them uh, if they don't already know about what a false flag is and how it, uh, what its purpose is.
0: Well, they've been used uh, for centuries, of course. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Hitler, you know, started the fire and the wherever and, you know, swept him into power and. You have you have declassified versions of that, like Project Northwoods and the Gulf of Tonkin were both false flags that have been declassified. Project Northwoods is unbelievable. It was yeah. the military industrial complex wanting to, you know, have a perpetual war going. And they were willing to bomb and attack civilian targets in the US and blame it on Cuba to start the war. Yeah so what does that tell you you think they stopped doing that now you think that was a one and done thing <laughs> those are just two examples right um there's many many
1: many examples of that 9 11 was another one well sure i mean yeah. it's like absolutely that's uh, what got me into the whole conspiracy theory realm yeah. i mean uh you know before that it was the jfk theory but i was still kind of on the fence and then when 9 11 happened and you know i'm 44 so i was alive when it happened and, mm. you know, I was an adult at that time. I looked at that. and I was like, this is so obvious. Yes. It's so obvious. It's right there. And then you saw the progression of where it went down. It went to the, you know, it literally went from this. It went from the day before 9 Rumsfeld talking about losing $3 trillion somewhere <laughs> in the Pentagon. <laughs> right.
0: Right.
1: <laughs> right. And then that gets overshadowed by 9-11, of course and then building 7 goes down which you know housed a lot of that money that was missing supposedly and how did building 7 go down when it didn't even get hit uh, and then it goes to looking for weapons of mass destruction and then you know iraq supposedly having that and then no weapons of mass destruction and all all in all we lost all these people's lives we went to war we spent millions and trillions of dollars for what
0: Well, to centralize power and to get us to be willing to have to go through scanners Mm -hmm. at the airport. And, uh, you know, you hear that all the time when you watch the First Amendment audits, because I'm an American state national. Mm -hmm. um, So I'm really into the legal education movement. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you see all of the cops always invoking this concept. Well, now in these days with 9-11, you know, we have to violate your First Amendment rights. Mm-hmm. And your Fourth Amendment rights. It's 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 you know, we have permission to enslave you now. That's what they're saying, right? Yeah. Um, well, so, because the Patriot Act was, I don't know how many pages it was, several thousand, and it was all ready to go like two days after the.
1: It was 9/11, ready. <laughs> you know? So what does that tell you? Yeah, it, it was amazing when it did. I mean, it was a different time before and after that event. Um, obviously, as you know. Um, you know, things changed. You know, I think for the worse because of that. Um, again, you know, false flags have been going on for so long now. We have, and when we become so cognizant of it, it's so easy to point out now. You know what I mean? After we've been seeing it so many times play out through history, it's it's yeah. amazing. It really is amazing how some people just won't wake up to it. And like you said, the ignorance is bliss theory. It's just amazing how people will just keep those blinders on and go on through life without even you know thinking about it but again we're not talking about the uninitiated of course here today we're talking about how we can survive being yeah. a conspiracy theorist and you your website uh wake up or tell us a little bit about that I found that to be a great tool tell, tell us tell us a little bit about that tell our listeners uh what you cover on on that uh, that website yeah. and so on yeah, so
0: i I wanted to make this, this is seven years I've been doing this, mm-hmm. and I wanted to make it a place to activate people. So I'm not just disseminating information myself, I'm, I'm creating resources on there. So there's a resources tab, and there's all kinds of scripts and PowerPoints. And my primary path that I'm on, the lane that I'm in, is to provide a biblical analysis of the Mandela effect. Mm. Uh, because if you looked into the Mandela effect, it's pretty clear that there's something going on. There's thousands of pl- of channels on every platform. Some, some YouTube channels have several hundred thousand subscribers. I've got almost six, seven thousand. I have about 20 to 30 new subscribers a day. That's wonderful. Well, what are we talking about? We're talking about the fact that the reality that you're in is now not the same as you vividly remember it. Mm-hmm. So the Monopoly guy doesn't have a monocle. And mirror, mirror on the wall never existed. And, you know, it just, there's thousands of examples in multiple categories. And there's seven different kinds of proof to document that this is taking place. Well, one of the things that's changing in the reality is the Bible. Well, that is a whole nother level of destiny and and relevance. Because after a while... You know, really, who cares if it's Skippy peanut butter or Jif or, you know,
1: <laughs> right? Smoking or Berenstein bears, right. which what is it, right? Right. But what
0: I came because I come from a biblical worldview, I was in the ministry, mm-hmm. uh, is that the entire body of Christ, for the most part, is either unaware of this or they've heard of it and deny it because they have a, a false doctrine that the Bible can't change. And really, long story short, the term Bible, the term Scripture, and the term Word of God are being conflated to mean the same thing. But they are three different things. The Bible is a collection of 66 books that contain the Scriptures, which is a term that basically just describes the writings. And what are the writings? The writings contain the words of God. And so all the promises that are being Put forward to suggest that the Bible couldn't change from the Mandela effect are, are promises that the Word of God won't change. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not the Scriptures. So, for instance, Psalms 119.89, I believe it is, says, Thy Word, O Lord, is forever settled in heaven. So all of the Scriptures that they're relying on actually support our position. It's not being preserved on the pages of the book it's being preserved in in heaven and pretty much the idea is that it wouldn't happen because it would make god a liar but he hasn't promised that it won't change so first of all he's not a liar and secondly uh it, it it doesn't it doesn't say it won't change so um and it is changing and so that created a whole mission for me that i have um now basically been addressing this with the entire church of, look, this. Is, I'm sorry for your problems, but this is happening, and you're going to have to deal with it. So that's what I talk about mostly yeah. in the journey of the truther.
1: Hmm. You know, uh, what's your position on the, uh, you know, since you, you know, follow the Christian faith, um, what's your position on, you know, some of the books that were not included in the Bible, for instance, like the Book of Enoch and, uh, you know, some other ones as well, what do you say to, you know, people who, who don't even know about that? I mean, I knew about the Bible growing up, of course, you know, but I didn't know that there was other, these other texts that were out there and that, you know, were supposedly part of the Bible and were taken out and omitted or whatever the case may be. What's your position on that?
0: Well, Enoch is a very unique book in that it, he, was a, he was a patriarch, and he was a superhero patriarch because he's one of only two that the Bible says were, he was raptured. He had his own little personal rapture. It says he walked with God and then he was not, for God took him. And he's quoted in Jude. His writings are quoted. So it, it, his book is at the very least prophetic. Uh, and And the church history tells us that the early church did embrace the book of Enoch as, you know, the writings, it was inspired, is the mm-hmm. term we use. Mm-hmm. Um, But it's it's vehemently attacked by most Christian leaders as being, you know, anathema. As if you invoke the term, you're immediately attacked. And I, that makes it suspect to me that maybe it's supposed to be in there. Mm-hmm. You know, if you study the canon, how the canon came to be, and even the Bible, you know... um, King James was gay, and there's all these questions around the thing. But my my position is this. I was converted by the Bible. My life changed overnight, and I met Jesus. I met the author. So I have no question that the, the what was given to the original authors was inspired. And I, I now have proof of that. Uh, it's a book called Math Proves the Bible. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, it's so unbelievably absolutely cut and dry that the book was ne- could not have been written by man. It's a supernatural book written by a deity, mm. Mm. not ETs or anything like that.
1: Right, right, right.
0: Um, so that makes the biblical narrative uh, extremely authoritative. Mm-hmm. So we're not in a simulation. Mm-hmm. If the Bible's true, you're not in a—well, you could be in a simulation, but it's just God that created it um and so from that point um you know i don't try to defend the bible as being perfect and inerrant like the king james only preserved word baptists do i think they're they're pushing an agenda which is not realistic it's sufficient for you to come to knowledge of god and know what he wants you to do but it's fairly cryptic um it's a hodgepodge of 66 books by 44 authors over 1600 years on three continents now, but it reads like one book, mm-hmm. and it changes lives, and there's a church on every corner, so there must be something to it. Yeah, yeah. Let's be honest. I mean, there's a yeah. lot of people that shaped their whole life around this book, so don't just blow it off like it's nonsense and, oh, there's hypocrites in every church. Well, there's hypocrites at the supermarket you still go get absolutely. some groceries right
1: <laughs> oh right. my god yeah 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 you're absolutely right you're absolutely right um you touched on something earlier um you being in a american state was yes american state state national national, national. Yes. and you talk about it in your book too you talk about a little bit of the process uh, yeah. and the processes as you know to become one uh of, of that stature um talk a little bit about that and how you know your your website kind of you know helps with that as well and uh you know explain exactly if you could mm-hmm. what that is
0: this is fascinating it's another humongous rabbit hole and it's mm-hmm. one that I really like because it's kinetic so mm-hmm. as content creators our hope is that we will free people's minds and then there's sort of a trickle down trickle down effect where we then impact the world right mm-hmm. Uh, But this one actually puts real solutions in your hand. And basically what it is to understand it, it's very simple. Uh, This is the analogy I use. If you go to Walmart and you're a customer and you're in the grocery section and the manager comes over and he says, hey, Will, I need you to take this. Or he says, he doesn't know your name. Hey, you take this broom and go sweep up in the back. What are you going to tell him? You're nuts. I'm
1: not doing anything. Right.
0: He has no jurisdiction over you. However, if two weeks prior you'd come in and filled out a job application and you were, you were accepted, now you got a name tag on. Now he comes over and says, hey, Will, I need you to go take this broom and sweep up in the back. Now you're going to comply because you want the paycheck. All right, so we, as you, you know, United States citizens, have been tricked into working for a corporation called United States, Inc., but it's worse than that, because the city that you live in it has a Dun & Bradstreet number. The county has a Dun & Bradstreet number. The state has one. And then all the, the DA, all the way down to the dog catcher, the court system, the police department, you can look it up on Dun & Bradstreet's numbers. How to do it is in my book. And you'll find that, let's say the judge, you go to traffic court, the judge is an employee of a privately held for-profit business. So is the cop that pulled you over. He's an employee of he's the manager at Walmart. Now, my question is, do you work for the state? Are you an employee of the state or the city you
1: live in? Mm. Are you? I think you are as soon as you're born. As soon as well, that birth birth certificate is issued, I think that's uh I think that's the tying link right there. That's what in my opinion
0: yeah, it is, but like, if I get pulled over, the guy isn't God, right? He's not right. my daddy, right? and I'm not his property. So what mm-hmm. right does he have to tell me to do anything? The only mm-hmm. way he could have the right to do, tell me to do anything is if I have a contract with him.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: All right, so what happens is, in my original scenario, is if you go into work one day and you quit, you tell him, I quit. And you get you know out through HR and you're done. Now, if you go back in, now he can't tell you to sweep up anymore. So that's essentially what becoming American state national is. You quit the company. Mm-hmm. You send an affidavit to Washington, D.C. and Attorney General. And then you go get a passport that reflects your new civil status. Um, and that is 8 U.S.C. 1401 is... The definition of U.S. citizen is a person born in the United States and subject to the jurisdiction thereof. Mm. Versus 8 U.S.C. 1101A21, definition of American state national, a person owing permanent allegiance to a state. So there are two separate civil designations that you can occupy. Mm. You can choose to opt out of the one that you were presumed into at birth, through the doctrines of parents patre, which means the state is your parent. Mm -hmm. And you can say, I object. I don't consent to this presumption and this fraud over me anymore. Once fraud is discovered in a contract, it voids the contract. I'm going to extricate myself from this fraud, and I'm going to opt into this with this affidavit. I am now this. Now, if you don't respond within 21 days, that means you agree. So then we show you how to post a... Affidavit uh, recorded in the um, register of deeds. So it becomes a court of record. So now you've essentially established legally that you are no longer this 14th Amendment slave class citizen. Mm. Because it says a person born in the United States. You can look up this chapter and verse. United States is a 12 or 10 square mile radius in the District of Columbia. Mm. Were, Were you born in the District of Columbia, Will? Nope. (laughs) No, so it's total fraud. Right. Now, for those who are skeptical, here's two of many Supreme Court rulings. Tashiro v. Jordan, it is clear that there is a citizenship of the United States and a citizenship of a state. Here's another one, U.S. v. Anthony. The term resident and citizen of the United States, that's the 10-square-mile area, is distinguished from a citizen of one of the several states. So you're still a U.S. citizen. But what we don't understand is that there's two of everything. Okay, there's two of you. There's the you that is a corporate fiction that's created at birth, and it's made of all capital letters. And they get you to stand in for that corporate fiction. And they monetize your signature, and they just give you the runaround, tax you to death, all this stuff. Mm -hmm. But then there's the living you, the real man you. There's the IRS and the Internal Revenue Service. They're not the same. There's the Post Office and the United States Postal Service. One is corporate, one is republic. There's mm-hmm. United States, and there's the United States of America. One is de facto, one is de jure. So the court system is the same. When you walk into any court, it used to be there was two separate courts. One was common law and one was civil. They combined them, but they're both still in operation. You just have to know how to invoke your own common law court. Mm. Um, But where it gets really cool is when you realize that statutes are not law. Mm -hmm. Flurney versus First National Bank. A code or statute is not a law. Because the first reaction that people have is, well, what do you mean? You don't think the laws apply to you? No. No. If I harm someone, then I have a duty to restore them. Mm -hmm. But what I don't have a duty to do is if I don't work for Walmart, I don't have to comply with their policies because I'm not an employee of that company. And Mm -hmm. the state where I live is a company. Mm -hmm. So that means I don't have to use my blinker. (laughs) That is a policy of the company. Mm -hmm. The term on the side of the car is police, Mm-hmm. They're policy enforcers. Mm-hmm. Okay, now this is where it gets really cool. Colonial Pipeline v. Tragel statutes apply only to state-created creatures known as corporations. Mm. So, are you creatures? Huh? Yes. <laughs> yes, my friend. So, my question is: Are you a corporation? Mm-hmm. This is a word salad. This is just word games that they spin us up into, and what we have to do is begin to realize we're in this rabbit hole and start to say, I I object. So what Mm -hmm. this is saying is the policy that the state has created doesn't apply to me as a a free man. Mm -hmm. Bond versus Jay. A statute will not be presumed to have extraterritorial effect outside the jurisdiction. So Mm. I'm not responsible for your little policies. Now, the next reaction is, well, that would be anarchy. We have to have laws. I understand that. Okay, you if you live in the jungle in a treehouse, there's no red lights there, because you don't have to control people's movements. You come mm-hmm. into society. All right, so these red lights and stop signs are only a suggestion for a sovereign. Mm-hmm. They're, they're there for us, but they are not the law to a free man. Just like you don't need a license to go ride your bike or to breathe, Mm -hmm. right? So sharer v. Cullen, this is the big bombshell one. This is what I've been working up for. For a crime to exist, there must be an injured party. There can be no sanction or penalty imposed on one because of the exercise of a constitutional right. Mm. That is sharer S-H-E-R-A-R versus Cullen, C-U-L-L-E-N. For a crime to exist, there must be an injured party. So if I'm driving down the highway and I change lanes and there's a cop behind me and I don't use my blinker and he pulls me over, is there an injured party? (laughs) No. So is there a crime? No. Essentially, no. No. Now, the cop doesn't know that. Mm -hmm. And the judge in the lower court might not even, he might try to run over you. So you have to learn how to fight. But, Ultimately, where people have gotten into trouble is they've learned the lingo, but they still are working for the company. So mm-hmm. don't talk like a king until you are a king. Mm-hmm. So once you have your superior titles in place, now it's a whole different story. Because mm-hmm. now, like my passport reflects my new civil status. And when they, if they run it through dispatch, it'll come up. Uh, he's not in the jurisdiction. so they just come back and
1: say have a nice day wow it's It's as simple as that huh yep wow again these are things that are not taught to us um you know these these are concepts that are never brought up to us these are things that are not ever talked about explained um and it's, it's up to us to figure out these things out and it's thank god for outlets like yourself and your website um wake up or else.com it's it's just a unmeasurable tool that allows us to kind of expand ourselves beyond the constructs of what we live in currently and you know thank god for these things that we have out there and and I appreciate it so much that you know sharing all this information of mm. course it's the biggest thing is sharing the information i believe yeah. there's you
0: know? a tab on there it's called the state national Mm-hmm. on the website and, and there's all kinds of training and resources. And I actually have a, what's called done with you program where mm-hmm. I give you my cell phone number and I take you through the entire process, mm-hmm. uh, from beginning to end. So you get it done, right. And, you know, remove the anxiety, uh, about around it. So you can check that out. Wake up or else.com hit the state national tab.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Uh, yeah. listen, um, John, I mean, we've covered a lot of different things here today. Um, Tell us a little bit more about the book, where they can find it, um, and um, you know, tell us what's maybe next on, on on the horizon for you. Sure. Yeah.
0: The The book's actually available in paperback or audio. You can get it on Amazon, and um, it's called The Conspiracy Theorist Survival Guide, a guidebook for persecuted truthers. You can also find it from my website, wakeuporelse.com, and then my YouTube channel is Wake Up or Else on YouTube. And we're on Rumble and all the other platforms, but most of it's on there. Mm-hmm. And we do live streams so you can participate. We also have a Friday night Truth or Hangout on oh, freeconferencecall.com. Okay. Mm. So trying to create fellowships, which are emu- you know emulating a church environment, essentially. But we're we're a Christian fellowship for the Truth or Community. So you mm. believe in God and you're walking with Jesus, but you also believe the earth is flat and the Mandela effect is real and the you know underground bases chemtrails all that you're you're a rare bird okay you're yeah. in another world from church, the church <laughs> which by the way f-
1: which by the way is okay by the way yeah, yeah it's okay exactly it's That's all right exactly. it's all right <laughs> well john uh, thanks so much for coming on the podcast I yeah mean, man
0: it's a really great interview thank you
1: yeah no thank you and uh you've really enlightened uh you know myself and kind of like again like i said uh you know gone back to the whole process of you know going through the whole conspiracy theory uh, uh evolution uh, as i would say personal evolution in everyone's lives and uh, i appreciate it so much uh check out uh, your website please uh, everyone wakeuparus.com and uh, you know look at some of this information uh, i think that uh it's uh it's really important for you to check out especially uh, if you were a believer like us so again john thanks so much for coming on thanks, dark Will. Fringe radio we'll have to have you come back in again in yeah the please
0: I'll, I'll send
1: you the link whenever you're ready to bring back just hit the link man i'd love to come back this was great awesome john thanks so much again check out the website wakeuporelse.com and uh, check out all of john's uh, information on there and thank you so much john and uh, we'll have you back on great bye everybody thanks for all listening right. All right, guys. Thanks so much for, uh, really riding with us in that, uh, you know, interview with Mr. John Kerwin. We really appreciate it. We appreciate Mr. Kerwin for coming on our podcast. And of course you can check out all of his stuff at wakeuporelse.com. Uh, that's where you can find all of his stuff. That's where you can find the book. Um, his book is also available on Amazon. Again, it's the conspiracy theorist survival guide, a guidebook for persecuted truthers, and you can see why, you know, um, he wrote this book, Jay, and uh was able to kind of like chronicleize how you can kind of like navigate these waters. Um, you know, being somebody who kind of thinks outside the box. So um again, Jay, where can everybody Nobody
2: who thinks outside the box? I can you know that, yeah. would be, that would certainly be how I would describe us. And my yeah. guess is our yep. listeners yes, if you uh if you prescribe to this podcast, if you listen to us, if you like our kind of view on reality and our skew skepticisms uh (laughs) then my guess is uh john Fitch's book is going to be right up your alley so definitely get on amazon definitely check it out uh absolutely yeah
1: yeah jay i'm gonna actually send you a copy of the book that he sent me uh it's digital but it's really good and um you'll get a good read out of it. it's not a long read um it's it's you know probably 300 some odd pages, but it's a good read and it actually tackles some good points. So um, again, wake up. Yeah. Wake up or else.com. Check out Mr. John Kerwin's book. And uh, that's it for tonight for dark, friend anything else before we say good night, Jay. Uh,
2: friends, let's try to keep ourselves together. Uh, <laughs> let's, let's not, let's not go cause a problems so we don't need to cause problems. And this is a self-realization of just the afternoon. So <laughs> please be nice to your neighbors. Yeah. Uh, and have a great night.
1: There you go. That's uh, that's a good point, And it's a good way to start 2024, everybody. And thanks for uh, tuning in and listening to Dark Fringe Radio. And we'll have another episode for you guys again next week. Dark
2: Fringe Radio, your premier source for the paranormal, conspiracy theory, and true crime.